welcome to Queering the Narrative. I'm queer trans man, Trent Ten James, aka Trent Hexum. My pronouns are he. This is already going so well. (laughs) My name is Alan Thomas. My pronouns are also he, him. And I am drag queen Jade DeVere. My pronouns in drag are she, her, but outside of drag, he, him. Welcome. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for uh, coming on the show. You bet. Uh, You had me on your show on camera, which was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it was all right. Got to flex some of those skills we haven't used in a while. Yeah, it was actually very nice. I wanted to thank you because I was like, ooh, it felt good to put a beard on again. Like, <laughs> to get the whole face and just put the, you know, the clothes on. I was like, ooh, the bling. Right? Yeah. Now I'm like, okay, I'm I'm like, I want to get some costume together again. Like, I got the bug, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I can do it, do it on the internet, I guess. I had never really thought about that. This is the closest thing, but... That's fair. <laughs> Fulfill so, some kind of need no. <laughs> to an extent, I guess. <laughs> we usually ask everyone how they uh, currently identify, because we understand it's a journey, and you can be as elaborate or oh, or as not elaborate. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> as a not. Yeah. So, as a drag performer, there is a level of gender fluidity in my life. Uh, In my day-to-day life, I am a guy. Um, I use he, him pronouns. Uh, In drag, it's funny, there's this inherent thing with drag, for myself in particular, that, like, I enjoy being more cartoony and more over the top, but a couple nights ago, I was like, oh my god, I'm pretty. I'm beautiful. So I guess I guess there is a bit of a fun like F gender standards when it comes to that because there is a definite femininity to Jade sometimes. Sometimes there is nothing feminine about her and she's just a clown trying to get a laugh. But, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's my vague answer. That's fine. How did you get started in drag? I was the last one to say not it. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, many years ago, uh, I had always gravitated to strong feminine characters. Um, I think one of the first characters that really caught my eye as a kid was the Baroness from G.I. Joe. And I was like, "She, I want to be her. She's Ooh. amazing. Wow, so, what a deep cut. Oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, I hadn't even thought about, wow. Which is funny because she's no so not like who I am in drag. No. <laughs> but I mean, I do occasionally have a randomly European accent, but you know, that comes and goes. Um, but yeah, I just, I always gravitated to those strong feminine characters. And growing up, like, I think the big awakening for me about being a drag performer was when I first saw Rent. And Angel was a character in Rent. And I thought, oh my God, she's amazing. And she's a guy. Like, so I can do this. And then I I did a little, uh, not really a community theater production, but a bunch of theater geeks because I was in college when Rent came out. So of course, you couldn't tell me anything that didn't have to do with Rent. Um, I was like, I want to do that. I think that's a lot of fun. And then I met some drag performers and I was like, no, thanks. I'm good. 
because the backstage game is a thing. Oh, uh, um, yeah. But yeah, as time went on, you know, I started working in dinner theater. I've always been an actor, so I always loved the performing arts. And I was working at a dinner theater, and they were doing this um, uh, Halloween show, Dinner with the Count. And they were like, you know what would be funny is if we had a guy dressed as a girl, but she was a sexy girl, but she had a deep voice. And I was like, that's that's a great way for me to get my ass kicked. So instead, I'm not going to flirt with people. I'm going to take this idea. I'm going to change it around a bit. And I'm going to make her more intriguing and less overt. And that's kind of where it started. And then I was helping a drag competition in Harrisburg. I was brought in, I was originally just supposed to be there for one night as a theater coach. And then one thing led to another and I did 14 weeks of drag. <sighs> oh, I you did one of those. <laughs> and the very first night uh, they looked at me as they were about to announce all the coaches and they were like, hey, by the way, what's your drag name? And I was like, uh, I don't have one of those. So I literally pulled Jade was the vampire I played ages ago, and Devere was a character I played at a Renaissance fair. So I was like, I'm Jade Devere. Sure. That oh, sounds wow. great. And it's stuck ever since. <laughs> Here I am, so many years later, stuck with it. <laughs> with the big D and the big V, or what is that? Big D and the big V. Yeah. <laughs> I spontaneously said that one night because I was. I was getting miffed with people when I capitalized the last name. It's a big D and a big V. So I said that to someone and I went, oh, wait, wait, that's, <laughs> that's the phrase. That's where it is. And here we are. I love that. Oh, I you, thanks, Alan. <laughs> so you said you always had a background in theater. Did that start when you were like young? School. If, when I was old enough to walk, I was old enough to strut around a stage and want to be the center of attention. <laughs> I mean, so I find it helps with a lot of uh, drag queens. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and it always boggles my mind. Like, not to disparage any other drag performers, but so many don't come from a theater background, and I think it's beautiful because that's their outlet to really shine and just take over a stage. I think it's something everybody should try at least once in their life. Yeah, it's, I think it's amazing. And I can, yeah, I can be on stage and, but yeah, you hand me a mic and I still couldn't, for, the, for some reason, getting half naked on stage is easier than that. <laughs> Meanwhile, they can't see your body right now and you're perfectly fine chatting. Yeah, I know. How weird is that? <laughs> this is, I know, it's really weird. It, it's a little, it, it's a little different when you're just with friends chilling, I guess. That's true. So you started off in theater. Did you, what was more of, what's more satisfying to you when doing drag? Is it the gender bending aspect of it or is it the performance aspect of it? And also, just as, as an add on to that question, um, would you, would you consider like not... Uh, like, would you consider doing other forms of performing, uh, you know, like acting in a movie, for example, some of those, quote, traditional <laughs> roles? Actually, I'm an actor in my day-to-day -day life. Um, I work for the Hershey Company. I'm one of the performers at Chocolate World. Um, 
so yeah, every day I get up and I go to work and I play a ridiculous chocolate tasting expert. And he's an absolute maniac. He has no idea what he's doing. Right now, you know, we're wearing masks for the show because that's what we have to do. And that's, you know, it's a fun challenge. Um, it's frustrating. I'm ready to not wear it, but until it's safe for everyone to not wear a mask, I'm going to keep wearing it. Um, yes, please. When it comes to drag, um, for me, it's just being on a stage, you know, as a, it, I talk about this with my husband a lot. Uh, I do miss doing traditional theater every once in a while because I like having somebody else tell me what to do. Because when you're in drag, <laughs> you kind of handle everything yourself. Yeah. And which is great. It's a fantastic creative outlet. But every once in a while, I'm like, can someone else make some decisions? I'm exhausted. <laughs> sure story. <laughs> and you're like a show director in so many different areas. So it's like. I am. I'm a director for the New Jersey Renaissance Fair. I just stepped into being a writer last year for the Renaissance Fair as well. So. I've got all of the the nerdiness of having a Shakespearean background. <laughs> I'm a Shakespearean trained actor who's also a drag queen. <laughs> so you started, did you, I know you started around in the Renaissance Fair. Mm -hmm. Was that like one of the original uh, theater jobs or? Um, I started off, you know, I always recommend to people do community theater, enjoy it. There, there are some great community theaters out there. Um, then I started doing the Ren Fair circuit. Again, I always recommend do a Renaissance Fair. I actually, I worked for That's a company. So yeah, there's so much fun. Uh, I got hired by a company that does um, theme park work uh, for a Halloween event a couple years ago. Literally, they saw a Renaissance Fair on my resume and they were like, you understand interactive theater, you're who we want you're the type of person we're looking for. And I'm like, you know, a certain place that's run by a giant mouse looks for those people all the time as well. So <laughs> just saying. Um, because you get not only a theater background, but you get an interactive theater background where you actually have to talk to the guests. And that's- Yeah, that's something different. Staying in character sometimes. Mm -hmm. I've been at Renaissance Fair where there's been like people who are just not having fun and they're being kind of jerks. And I'm like, there's the people are still in character though. They managed to like, <laughs> yep. Like that is a, a feat to be able to do that. That is something else. It's a skill, you know, yeah. even just speaking with a different dialect for an entire day, it gets exhausting. I'm not going to lie. Cause <laughs> your brain is engaged in every word that comes out of your mouth. So is there ever a time when you're just yourself? Is that when you're just home? <laughs> That's me right now. Yeah. <laughs> sitting in my studio wearing a hoodie and gym shorts, which is funny because with my podcast, since everything is recorded online, I have not done drag from the waist down <laughs> for months. Literally, I look glamorous from the nips up, and then it's just hairy legs, comfortable shorts. No, I'm never wearing <laughs> shoes. I hate shoes or socks i'm never wearing them in my house um but yeah, i'm Why like I'm pretty from the waist up <laughs> all right you said you were uh you had a husband when yeah. did you guys meet <laughs> at a drag show at a, <laughs> at a goddamn drag show he was my husband is from central pennsylvania um 
more out in the woods kind of area. And he, he slowly came to terms with the fact that he was gay. Um, when he came out, he had a rough coming out with his family. Everything's cool with them now though. Um, and he was like, I'm not going to be one of those gays that goes to the bar and hangs out with drag queens. And then he was also a DJ. So he was DJing a college event and he ended up meeting a drag queen by the name of Tyra B. Fierce, who sadly is no longer with us. Oh yeah. And she was doing an event in Harrisburg. He came to support her. Me and my dear friend, Aurora F. Sterling went downstairs to just kind of work the crowd a little bit, see who's coming. He walks up to us and he's just like, um, do you ladies know Aaron? And both of us look at him like, who the hell is that? <laughs> and he was like, it's Tyra. And like, I'm not going to lie. The first time I looked at him, I was like, I think he's really cute. So um, we didn't get together right away because he ended up dating someone else, Aurora. And that's what? It. Uh, <laughs> did you know that? Yeah, no, I, I vaguely remember you saying that to me before, and I'm still like, what? <laughs> they dated for a hot minute. They're just, there wasn't chemistry there. It's, you know, they're all really, they're both really good friends. We're all still good friends. Um, and him and I went on a date several months later, because I was like, I'm not going to go right after my friend's ex. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, tacky. Uh, eventually, we went on a date, and it was horrible. And... <laughs> There was no chemistry there either. And we were like, well, that was cute. Never mind. Uh, we both went on with our lives for a few months. And then like the stars just aligned and we were like, do you want to grab food sometime? And here I am nine years later and we're still together. We've been married for going on seven years now. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't killed each other yet. <laughs> And he wasn't out like before he was. He out. Oh, he was. Oh, okay. <laughs> he yep. was struggling. He oh, he didn't out. want to hang out with drag queens, I guess. He came out in his early 20s, uh, as did I, although I am significantly older than he is. I am eight years older than he is, even though everyone is like, we hate it because everyone assumes that I'm the younger one because of my genetics. I just look younger than I am. Um, but yeah, he. He came out. His family is super supportive of him now. Uh, his mother cracks me up. He's at his mother's tonight, in fact. And she, at first, before she met me, was just like, we're such a close family. There's this person coming between us. And then she met me and she was like, oh, hell, I'd rather keep you. you we can get rid of Derek. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. I'm like, well, she's got good taste, at least. <laughs> Well, how was your coming out experience then? If it was in your 20s? <laughs> so one day I finally got the nerve to talk to my mom. And I was like, mom, I just, I want to tell you I have a boyfriend. And she was like, oh, do you have a job? <laughs> that, that, was my coming out. that was my mom going, duh. <laughs> oh, okay. <Get> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get any of the drama. I didn't get any of the guilt. I got... Do you have a job? Wow. I was also raised by a single female hairdresser. So, you know, TikTok. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe in nature versus nurture. However, look at my case. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I'm wondering, you guys live in the, around the city, a yep. city. 
we're just far enough outside that we can escape. Right. But I don't talk, we're always talking, I always talk about being in a small town and how I'm like, I worry about like being visibly queer. Mm -hmm. Do you, you live in the city. Is it still the same for you? Um, it's not so bad. I don't go out very often. Well, um, yeah, now, well. <laughs> well, nobody goes out very often right now. But, you know, for me, I'll be honest, I used to code switch a lot. Like, whenever I would go out in public, all of a sudden, this would be the voice, and I'd talk out of the side of my mouth and just think, okay, this is fine. And I stopped doing that. You know, at work, I am out and proud, and, you know, I do know... I'm not the only LGBT person, but I know most are not ready to be out. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in being in the yeah. office. When it's the right time, you will come out and it'll be fabulous for you. But until the time is right for you, don't force it. I've actually been talking with one of my coworkers a lot who they are now gravitating to they, them pronouns. They're still comfortable with she, her pronouns, but they've been telling me, you know, there are days when they come into work and they're just like, I don't really feel feminine today. I'm like, me neither. So yeah. you're late. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and we just laugh and we have fun with it. They're an amazing performer, but yeah. And they've been super accommodating toward them. Um, and yeah, it's been a learning process for some of our coworkers, but it's been a very good rewarding process, which is amazing. So it's kind of nice lately is like more people are beginning aware mm -hmm. of the, of more pronouns, I guess. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I'm hearing more and more people I hear use they and them. And I'm, I mean, I like, I felt comfortable when I first came out as trans, I had to go to the ER mm -hmm. and I like told the people, I'm like, Hey, can you call me this? And they didn't want to call me he, but they would call me they instead oh. of she, which I was like, Oh, I actually don't mind that. You know, and the doctor kept calling me she because he was kind of a dick. Mm -hmm. But everyone else was like, they, what do you want them to go? And I'm like, oh, okay, this is fine. And mm -hmm. it was like, people do it without realizing it already. I almost, I almost think they, them should be the default. Like if you see someone yeah. on something and you're just like, who are they? Rather than assume their gender, they, them should be the default rather than gendering someone right away. I mean, that's what I always used to get because mm -hmm. I was always so androgynous and now I'm getting more masculine, but <laughs> now, well, ever since I've known you. <laughs> yeah. You've always been really masculine since I've known you. I, I want to tell a funny story. Many years ago, Trent and I did a fantastic production of Rocky horror <laughs> and I was handed everyone's paychecks afterward. And I looked at, his paycheck and i'm like who the hell is this yeah <laughs> and i have found so many trans individuals their dead names are the girliest names yeah it's like is that sir here's your check yeah <laughs> the, the the rough part was i was like calling everyone's name to try to find them because i there were other people i didn't know their actual name i only knew their drag name and for Trent, I was just like, I am not announcing this to the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. This was before you started transitioning too, but I was just like, no, nobody else needs to know this. <laughs> yeah. But it was kind of like I was, it was, I was talking about it more in like the drag world. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was telling everyone like, hey, call me Trent. Always call me Trent. And everyone always knew, just call me Trent. So I mean, everyone in the drag world knew before I told 
my family, I guess. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's usually how it is. Your queer family knows things before your <laughs> actual family, family knows everything except your actual name. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many drag friends. I have no idea what their names are. No clue. No, I never knew yours until, you know, my wife said it accidentally. And I was like, no, that's Jade. <laughs> right? Like, doing, doing shows regularly and working with the fabulous Scarlet Overkill a lot. We both are, have shows on the same network. And every once in a while, I have to use her real name and i'm like so matthew was doing it oh it didn't even feel good to say like no that's Scarlett. It's weird no. does she use her her name for her other podcast she does oh yeah that's always on a weird day i haven't seen that one yet <laughs> fun it's sundays at fourth four o'clock p.m oh Scarlett yeah the pond yay scarlet owes me money now <laughs> well since you're plugging podcasts you might as well plug your podcast well all right Tune in to Inside the Drag Closet every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WLFE-DB Radio. You can check us out on Facebook and on YouTube. Yeah, that's it. Wow. That was a quick oh. <laughs> Wow, thank you. I was just recently on that. I was stepped in quick for the beginning of the show. So if you didn't see that, go watch it on the YouTube. Definitely watch it. It's more fun if you watch it. Exactly. It's a lot of fun. The whole vibe of the show is backstage at a drag show. We're just hanging out, having a good time. Half of my co-hosts are getting drunk the whole time. So, <laughs> Was that not allowed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't realize. Yes, you were allowed to drink. Sorry about that. No, I had a little bit of tequila in my orange juice, but only I was a tad. Oh, <laughs> I hope I wasn't too terrible. <laughs> no, you were amazing. Like... We have had such amazing guests from all over the United States. Uh, actually, in two weeks, we're having our first guest from outside of the United States. We are having a drag king from Ontario joining us. So we're going to have our first Canadian guest. Right on. Cool. Mm-hmm. You're doing um, a whole like drag king month, correct? We are. It's our month of kings and the the second, it's a weird month because it's got five Wednesdays. So I was like, oh, damn, I have to plan ahead. Um, the <laughs> last, last Wednesday of the month, Trent was going to be on, but he very graciously jumped in um, due to a scheduling conflict. Our other guests couldn't join us. Uh, so the last Wednesday of the month, we are actually having a mental health professional join us because we talk very freely about the fact that mental health is very important. You got to take care of yourself. And, you know, this... This last year and a half has been really rough, so we all have to take care of ourselves. But the week before yeah. that, on let me check my calendar very quickly. On March 24th, I'm going to be myself, Anastasia Diamond, Amethyst Diamond, and Scarlet Overkill are going to do our best Drag King illusion. <laughs> Ooh, yes, I'm excited good. to see this. I'm <laughs> going to have... Yeah, it's going to be amazing. We're even going to have Mikel Bono join us. Who, yes! He's an amazing drag king in this area. I think he's going to do some girl drag that night. <laughs> so we're all just going to mess with people the whole night. It's going to be amazing. I love him. I love, Mikel's awesome. But he, yeah. he's always doing the gender bendy uh, drag. <laughs> he, he came over. He's my drag son. So him and I talk a lot. Um, he popped by my house and brought me a whole bunch of shoes that don't fit. Uh, that's what he does. He brings me his girly stuff and is like, do you want these? I'm like, 
yeah, I'm a size eight and you're a size 10. Let's make this work. Uh, <laughs> so he, he's trying to figure out, we were talking about drag performers who have a more masculine side and a more feminine side. And he was like, I want to do both. Do I come up with a separate name for that? And my answer was no. Be Mikel Bono, no matter what you do. But if you're going to play with the more feminine side of drag, find a way to make it exciting. And I showed uh, Mikel videos of Juno Birch, who's an amazing um, UK drag performer, who her aesthetic is an alien trying to pass herself off as a human. So her oh. is always not quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, she she's always chewing gum like the alien in Mars Attacks. Yes, <laughs> and just okay. I have seen this. You've shown me this. Yes, Juno Birch is amazing. So I was like, look at Juno Birch. Look at Creme Fatale, who is a uh, woman who does drag out. I believe she's in L.A. Just amazing. Always does like beautiful colored skin, like purples, blues, just sunset, like amazing aesthetic so i was like take some inspiration from those and have some fun and play do you find um well are you doing drag king month um because you feel drag kings are underrepresented in the drag scene completely and my goal with doing a month of kings is that the month of kings does not end um, one of the things we were very adamant about is we want a very, very diverse show. You know, we have already had a completely non-binary cast on the show once. We did one episode based on Kings, but I don't want to stop there. I want, you know, I want the entire drag spectrum represented on the show. Because many other shows don't, will only show one style of drag. Yeah. And I don't want that. I want to show that all drag is valid. All drag is beautiful. Um, I'm working on April right now. I've got it mostly booked, but I have to figure out the first week because <laughs> the person who <laughs> was on last week might be on April 1st. I'm just waiting for them to get back to me. <laughs> oh God. It's, it's an experience. <laughs> I guess, can we talk about Risque Cabaret? Absolutely. Like, how did that show start? And just explain the whole premise of that. So my husband was having <laughs> the thought of, you know, with Risque Cabaret, taking the burlesque scene in our area and mashing it up with the drag scene in our area and just creating a show more based on art. Um, because a lot of drag shows, it's a lot of popular music. It's a lot of... Um, just big glitzy outfits. And we were like, what if we did something a little more sultry? And people really responded to it. And we went through a couple iterations. There have been changes to the lineup, but we, um, we started going down a very political path and we were noticing a bit of an odd reaction from the audience. So we, we went away from the political side. Some of our performers, you know, are, are very active in the queer scene and politically, and we love them, but we had to, we let them know, we don't want you to stop doing that, but this show might not be it. And some bowed out and that's, that's completely valid. 
you know, we yeah. cannot fault them that. Um, and we we got the fabulous Trent and Harlow Wintour joining our cast, which was amazing. <laughs> we have uh, rotating guests all the time. And it's just, it's probably one of the hardest shows I've been a part of, though. I will say that. Because it's hard as a drag performer to think, okay, I have to put on all of these things so that my body proportions are right. And then I have to take stuff off and not have yeah. tits fall on the floor. <laughs> You're very good at that. I mean, I know. <laughs> I think one of my favorites, my tits fall on the floor. One of my favorites must have been the easiest to do was the, the Deadpool. I don't know why. <laughs> so Deadpool. Um, it was Halloween and I had another really well-paying gig that I was doing. And I was like, I, I'm not saying no to doing risque. I don't have time to do makeup. And this was right around the time Deadpool 2 came out. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Celine Dion's new song is so beautiful, but it's in Deadpool. So I thought, what if Deadpool dressed up as Celine Dion? <laughs> And perform this damn number. The best thing, and I also did Turn Back Time by Cher as Deadpool. <laughs> it was great. The best part of that whole night is I didn't really have to know the words to any of my songs because my mouth was covered the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so I basically, I don't encourage mush mouthing in a drag show. However, <laughs> this was the chance. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I forgot that was the reason why. <laughs> oh yeah, I I do. I I wanted to say that I, I mean I've never really. Once I knew Trent, that's when I really started going to drag. I'd never ever in my life been to drag shows before I met Trent, and it's really interesting. To the only ones I've ever known were the ones that are. I'd say typically depicted by media, uh, very binary and pretty much only drag queens. <laughs> um, so I think it's really interesting and really cool that as the times have changed and more people are like not really feeling one gender or the other, or maybe they're gender neutral, um, that it seems like the drag scene has changed too to kind of reflect that because now like you said uh there's more drag kings um that are being put out there like hey we we exist to kind of thing um and also more gender neutral drag mm -hmm. well and even um one of my drag children uh mr treats identifies as a drag clown because they will they'll be all over the map although it's funny yes. Um, they, I don't want to talk about the stuff they don't want me to talk about. Um, I don't know if they want me to talk about it, but I didn't check with them. So I'm going to keep their business, their business, but yeah. their drag, the more non-binary they become, their drag is getting more feminine. And I'm fascinated by that because now they're doing like pretty girl drag. And I'm like, Ooh, wait a minute. And I felt so bad because I booked them on my show once and I was, and they were like, what? style do you want from me because when they started they were very david bowie they were very yeah uh, just oh, yes we did one number we teamed up to create this vision they did dirty math teacher who 
has women's high heels in his suitcase. Like we <laughs> wanted creepy teacher and it was the most slimy thing, but he's wearing women's lingerie the whole time. And it just look for it. Look up Maxwell treats. Oops. I did it again. <laughs> it's amazing. I think the first time I saw them, they did a um, whole Chuck E. Cheese Oh God! (laughs) They are one of the most creative people that scare the hell out of me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that, yeah, that was at Risque Cabaret. I saw the most interesting thing I've seen yet—the burlesque scene—and that's what got me doing my assholes. I think I saw that, and I was like, "Ooh, I kind of want to." I don't want to do just drag. I want something different. I want to show my ass, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was your whole, that was the the reason. Just that I guess I didn't I want to show off my ass. I didn't actually. I know when everyone always told me they love my ass. Like and when it was more femme, oh, I love your ass. You have the greatest ass. And I'm like, I hate my ass because, because it was femme. As I took the tea, you know, I looked. I like, kind of looked like the way I look, and my ass is not quite as fat, but I can still do the tassels. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird as I take tea. Like I want to do more, as more things that I'm was uncomfortable with before. And now I'm like, I'm still very uncomfortable with my body, but I'm like, but I really want to show it off at the same time. Like, how fascinating is that? It's so strange. And I was talking to Lacrosse. And he was saying, yeah, when he took tea, that's when he finally started being more in touch with, like, his actual feminine side. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, because we're finally, like, oh, we are a man. We can be a man. And now it's okay to touch these things where before we were tamping them down so much. And that might be it. Like, you're you're coming into your identity. So it's okay to experiment with that femininity and masculinity now that you're more comfortable with who you are as a person. There's a uh, performer who used to live in this area. I think he moved back up here recently, but he transitioned. Um, He always loved being a drag queen. Um, Even in his previous life, he loved being a drag queen. But now that he's transitioned, he is even loving being a drag queen more. And Really? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, how fascinating is that? To, To get rid of the feminine parts of yourself but to still love that femininity. I mean, being trans doesn't mean you have to get rid of femininity. Like trans people don't owe us masculinity. You yes. have to be who you are. Like, yes. I, thank you. I, I, yeah, I, I actually, I really love that statement because, you know, when people are, when, you know, you tell people you're trans or they're expecting a very, they're, they're either expecting a very masculine man or a very feminine woman. And there's like, if they're anything in between, it's like they're questioning, well, are you really trans? Um, you know, kind of questioning that identity, uh, you know, and society is more accepting of trans people who look like that binary standard as well. They like to use that term, the term I hate, passable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah we always talk about that like what is passable because i was saying as when i was in the world and people tell me i'm a female i always got the oh you're dyke like you're gay 
Okay, I'm getting that now. People see me as a man, and they're like, "Oh, are you gay?" And I'm like, "What? I can't win. <laughs> I can't win. I mean, you. What am I doing? I was too masculine before, and now I'm too feminine. Ironic, isn't it? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Isn't that you can't win you with don't... these people. <laughs> isn't it great when you don't fit society's standard of what you're supposed to be? Yeah, and it's and I'm at the same time. It's like, well, I'm so fascinated with what what they're reading about me that is gay, even though I am quite queer. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to tell people, no, actually, I'm very queer. You know? <laughs> That's not something people need to know that <laughs> if they're not hanging out with me already. <laughs> I just had a, a, a quick question. So when you, um, do people generally, how's the reaction when, when you tell people you do drag? Like, is it, I, I don't know, like, are they surprised? Are they interested? Are they weirded out? Like, what's the general? It's it's all over the place. Uh, a lot of my coworkers don't understand. Like, a lot of my coworkers now understand what I do because I've shown up at the employee party as Jade, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, she's pretty. <laughs> That's like, pretty awesome. Don't get, cool. don't, don't get it twitched. She's pretty until she starts talking. Um <laughs> My grandmother, um, until I got married, I used to live with my grandmother. And every night, if I had a gig and I had to leave the house and drag, she'd be like, oh, you got your war paint on. <laughs> here, here she goes again. Um, I can, I have a very loving and supportive and very liberal family. So, yeah. So that was lucky. Um, some people, it's the best backhanded compliment in the world when I show them a picture of me in drag and they're like, Oh, you're actually pretty. And I'm like, actually, bite yeah. me. <laughs> actually, she's pretty. Actually, oh she'll God. bust her foot in your ass. I don't know that that's what I meant to say. <laughs> but that's what came out. <laughs> Sometimes you can't hold it in, you know. Exactly. Yeah, has there, there. has there been a drag show where that it just kept getting worse and worse and you were like, I don't know what to do with you people. Because sometimes you oh, can no. like, you can, you know, you can talk down the drunk idiots who are being too grabby or whatever. But has there ever been a situation where it just got too much and you couldn't? I was many years ago doing um, a dinner theater. I was doing uh, dinner with Santa and I was playing <laughs> one of Santa's elves. His little sister who, you know, she's living her best life. Um, and these guys the entire night were calling me a faggot. And the whole night I was, I reached a point where I was just like, I was also a heavy drinker back then. So I could get away with this then. I couldn't do it now. But I had had enough. So at one point I was like, okay, boys, enough is enough. You've used that term enough. You have a couple options. Either you stop using it or you leave. Or, no, how do I word that? Either <laughs> you stop saying that word or you leave. I will let you keep saying that word if any of you can outdrink me. So I picked up a pitcher of the wine they had, which I was on a mission from God that night. And <laughs> basically I was like, three, two, one. And I willed myself to just boom, done and they all started cheering and i was like 
never mess with a girl like me. And also don't ever say that word again because you're garbage. And I won them over. They just wanted to drink with me all night. Uh, there was karaoke afterward. They were like, you're amazing. I'm like, think before you speak next time. And we had the best time. So I won them over. You don't always get the chance to do that. Sometimes people are just dumb. Um, yeah. I've been, yeah. my biggest pet peeve is getting grabbed and getting touched. You know, drag is not consent. Even though my bosom is silicone, not every drag performer is like that. Some drag performers have breasts. So <laughs> if I let them grab me, they're gonna grab someone else. So I always shut it down right away. I was doing a murder mystery once and they had me filling into a female character, which I had like 10 minutes to rehearse that part. It was amazing. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm getting ready to do a scene with the owner of the establishment and I feel a hand on my back and go right down my ass. I spin around and I'm like, get your hand off me. And I see this drunk woman just standing there like, oh. And I turn back to my scene partner and I'm like, I don't know what I was going to tell you, but we're going to talk about it later. And I just, I didn't know my lines. Um, and <laughs> well, afterward, yeah. afterward, this woman came up to me to apologize. And I was like, look, what you just did was assault. You just sexually assaulted me. I'm not going to do anything right now because I want you to learn from this moment. Don't put your hands on anyone. And her excuse was, I was just drunk and your butt looked great and I just wanted to touch it. And I'm like, don't what? tell a judge that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, right. that's a great defense. I was yeah. drunk. Okay, well, that's a great wow. excuse. So yeah, I mean, I was flattered, but... <laughs> We talk a lot about queer representation in media mm -hmm. in here. Was there a movie play or whatever that really resonated with your queer identity? And then. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, not Next really. Question. Next question. Um, you know, there are a lot of really good queer movies out there. Um, I actually just recently introduced my husband to um, Jeffrey which is a movie I think every queer person should watch. It's Stephen Wright as a young gay man in New York when AIDS is such a big thing. And oh. he just gets so freaked out by it that he's like, no more sex, not sleeping with anyone. Uh, Patrick Stewart plays his best friend, Sterling, oh. which Patrick Stewart as an over-the-top gay man is everything. It is funny. <laughs> it is... I feel very seen in this movie. <laughs> um, he has one of the best quotes and the lines going back and forth. He's telling Jeffrey, you need a boyfriend. You need someone to treat you right. And Jeffrey's response is, you're dating a dancer. He's in the musical Cats. And Sterling's response is, of course. I said a boyfriend, not a person. <laughs> and it's just, he's so... Perfect. At one point, they're shopping for sweatshirt or sweaters. He takes a sweater, throws the sleeve over his shoulder, and he's like, "Can I do this, or do I look like some sort of gay superhero?" Like he's <laughs> decadent in this role. So, I, Jeffrey, watch it. 
Thank you for telling me because I've seen clips of this movie <laughs> for yes. years now. I've been seeing clips. Is that the one also? This might be another one. I'm, I don't know, but where it's like um, he's with another gay, presumably his partner, and he says, uh, "Oh, I wish they could put us on a brochure to show uh, America a wholesome gay couple or something." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. There's so many great cameos in that movie. Um, uh, Sigourney Weaver is in it as like this televangelist. Why have I not heard of this movie? <laughs> oh God. It's um, Olympia Dukakis is at the gay pride parade with her trans daughter. And, what? <laughs> and it's, it's the most like, it's yeah. so, it's so campy. And so ridiculous, but it is iconic, and more people need to see it. Um, I forget who the daughter is played by, which it, the trans daughter is played by a, I believe, a cis straight man. But they mm. they keep it a bit respectful. Well, they keep it entertaining. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's no good way to do that. Um, when was this movie made? In the nineties. Oh well, I okay. Mean, we were not as woke in the '90s as we are now. No, I mean now is pretty. I mean, I guess we're getting there. We're we're slowly, yeah, very very slowly. I'm trying to figure out who played that character. <laughs> <laughs> but oh yeah, it's just it. The whole movie is just cameo, 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 cameo. Oh, but Patrick Stewart as Sterling is the most amazing thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to have to watch it just for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it also, it's got great, the whole theme of the movie is basically, you know, don't shut yourself off to love. You never know. Because, like, yes, AIDS is a terrible thing. But, you know, it's it's not the end of the world for everyone. You know, that might be the love of your life. And yes, it's going to be difficult but it also has all of these beautiful moments in it. And it tells you, hey, live life, be careful, think it through. Um, and yeah, it's an amazing thing. Gregory Jabara plays Angelique. Hmm. Her trans daughter no idea. in that movie. And the best part, it, like, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, and it's got some random cameos, like... Nathan Lane plays a priest who tries to seduce Jeffrey at one point with musical Jeez. theater. <laughs> of course. Because they talk about, you know how I see God? My fair lady. The original <laughs> cast recording. Julie Andrews. Oh, it's so good. It explores so many themes and it is relentlessly gay. Going back to the, I'm just thinking, curious about your dress. How many titles do you actually have? Technically four. Oh, um, okay. I was Miss Central Pennsylvania Pride in 2012, uh, Queen of Hope in 2014 and 15, just because things were weird and we didn't know if it was going to continue or not. So it lingered for a year and a half. Um, I am a two time Beacon Light Best Drag Comedian in Pennsylvania. And in 2017, I was Miss State Street. So I was the trashiest thing Harrisburg had to offer. <laughs> yeah. Can you explain what State Street is? To, I don't think Alan knows about it. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> the State Street pageant 
is basically it's the anti-beauty pageant. It is <laughs> potty humor, it is sex jokes, it is vile, it is disgusting. Um when Belladonna won, her talent number consisted of being a perfect little housewife, doing everything for her husband, and then pooping on a glass table. <laughs> <laughs> We have it on video, but it is not on YouTube. Like, no, <laughs> literally. I it, it was fudge packets in her dress. I just I didn't know how far it was. You know, well, Trent, you had told me that stuff like that happened. No, let me tell you. I don't know. I it was at a, a local bar. I don't remember what year this was. It was. Something was with Mitt Romney was happening because the Grand Queen had a picture of Mitt Romney on oh. stage. Oh. You were there. You remember? No, I was not there that night, but I've seen the video. It wasn't Mitt Romney. It was. Um, Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure was... it was not Mitt Romney. It was. Um, oh. uh, starts with an S. Uh, oh. Santorum? Santorum. And I keep oh. on pointing that way because I've gotten used to StreamYard. Um, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Because you would be there on my screen. <laughs> um, it was Rick Santorum. It was, I'm not going to say the name of the performer because she's very nice and professional now. <laughs> but back then, I don't um, remember. I actually don't remember who it was, but you'll have to tell me afterwards. <laughs> I will. I will. Um, so basically what happened at the show, she had been practicing for weeks and I'm like, I don't need to know. Thank you. Um, so basically they would bring out this picture of Rick Santorum and the beautiful, stunning Sherry Trifle, who is just glamour all day long, is holding this picture of him as the other performer gets out a large syringe filled with a red liquid, <laughs> puts it under her dress, yep. empties the syringe, and basically queefs red paint all over Rick Santorum and Sherry Trifle's arms. Oh, I don't, I don't And Sherry that. just sits there holding this picture, smiling like a beauty pageant winner. And they auctioned it off. They auctioned it off. <laughs> I, I remember, I forget why I couldn't be there that night. I think I had another big... But I heard all about it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is how people get arrested." <laughs> yeah, I was sitting at the bar, so I was like front row. I had the camera, and I'm like, "I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing this. I am seeing this. I am seeing this. <laughs> this is happening. Oh my god, <laughs> this is happening in front of me in a place that I should not be seeing this." <laughs> yep. Does that uh, top your? Is that near the top of like the weirdest things you've ever seen in a drag performance? pretty damn high up there yeah i was there when belladonna shat on the table um <laughs> you know they used to eat a lot of weird stuff though at the year shows oh yeah they would just try to eat the weird i remember one time me and <laughs> me and harlow thought the person was eating an apple and it turned into an onion but they gave it to her to eat and she bit into it and then realized oh that was an onion <laughs> Oh, yeah. Bella did a number once where she was playing a housewife, but then she ended up eating the cleaning products. Oh. And I was like, girl, what are you doing with your life? Who hurt you? 
are you okay? Is this a cry for help? I mean, most drag is. Trust me, you've seen me. I was just like, every month I was like, all right, who's going to eat what this time? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's where we started going, okay, the show needs to step back a little from yeah. the grotesque and be a little more sexy. So. So hopefully when the world opens up again, we can be sexy on stage yeah. again. They do want to about- back, but, you know, a lot of drag shows, we get paid based on the door. And when there's reduced capacity, we're taking a major hit financially. Mm-hmm. So. And drag's expensive, so. Yeah, that's why I haven't worked on anything. Have you worked on anything? Or have you just been? I have been, I, I have my sewing machine out. I have this bolt of fabric and I have ordered tons of stuff from Amazon because I am lazy. Mm. I haven't even styled a wig. I've been getting wigs from Ariana. <laughs> <laughs> I just wait. Well, you're acting every day though. Now you have like no time for the yeah the hobby. Which I mean, which I guess I is always, not a hobby because you're making money off that. Yeah, just, I always try to do a nice balance. You know, Jade is very self-sustaining, which has been great. You know, when I got my start, I was putting a lot of money into drag. But now Jade pays for herself, which is amazing. This year has been a little rougher, but we're we're getting back to doing what we love. It'll happen. Yes, I'm putting out the good vibes. I'm hoping it'll yeah. freaking happen. Yeah. <laughs> God, give us all the good vibes. <laughs> have you ever done, super random, but that's just something I do. Uh, have you ever that. done uh, Divine? Like, have you ever... Um, Dressed as divine. Divine is not really in my wheelhouse. She's an icon, a complete icon. Um, but the one drag queen that Alan can name. (laughs) So (laughs) I can also (laughs) name you. That's really all you need. (laughs) No, I think divine is so iconic. You have to get it right. And I don't think I could do her justice. I have a lot of friends. Uh, Felicia O'Toole has divine tattooed on her leg, and yeah. it's amazing. I can see Felicia pulling off a really good divine. I just I can see that. I am aesthetically right, although I am trying to get more into celebrity impersonations. So I might might see. I want to see what traits we have in common to see if I could find a way to do that. Ooh, how never many celebrities never. have you done? Um, I'm actually. <laughs> Um, on my show, we did a night of celebrity impersonations, and I was like, you know, who don't you see drag queens impersonate? Who would be fantastic? I was Madam from Hollywood Squares. I was the puppet that Waylon Flowers had with what? the long nose and the huge chin <laughs> and just... That's I'm having like, a great Ooh. time, except this guy's got his hand up my tuchus. <laughs> Wow, yeah, I never would have thought of something like that. Yeah, I've tried uh, Jennifer Coolidge before. Mm. It was amazing. I had a fantastic time. She doesn't even talk like that, but that's what everyone thinks she talks like. Um, when you do a celebrity impersonation, you have either got to be so respectful of them, or you have to roast them, but in the most playful manner. And that's a tough, tough thing to do. Yeah, that's why I never... I guess whenever I do the things, it's just, it's Trent Hexum inspired by a character because mm-hmm. I can't, <laughs> I can't do impersonations, but I can be like, you can tell this is inspired from a certain person. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, the other week on the show, all me and the co-host, we all decided we were going to swap makeup techniques for the night. And I got mm -hmm. to be Amethyst Diamond, who is beautiful. And so I'm getting ready. I'm trying to match my makeup to hers. Obviously not her skin tone because she is a woman of color and I am pale as a ghost right now. But I wanted to take the aesthetics, the the shapes and contours she does. And I felt beautiful. And like she texted me a couple hours after the show and she was like, girl, I'm not saying this because you were me, but you look amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, you're saying this because I'm you. That's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> she is such a wonderful human being too. Like my team of co-hosts, I could not do this show without them. Yeah, they're all awesome. Yep. But that was the first time I uh, met her, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, she is genuinely light and love. She just exudes just this beauty about her. You watched that, didn't you, Alan? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what did you think? I thought she was amazing. I thought, like, <laughs> like you said, you know, she just has, like, this vibe about her that's very, like, light and energetic and friendly and... Yeah, she seems super cool. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever actually saw her like perform in person or anything. I think that's the first time I've ever actually saw her. When we open Divas Down Under again, um, we're definitely going to have her um, as a guest from time to time. I am working on a Inside the Drag Closet drag brunch. No details on it yet, um, but it is something I am currently working on. So keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, how long do you, th I mean, when do you think we could ever be in person again? Uh, do you think, like, digital drag is going to be the future for a bit? I think digital drag will be the will be the way it is for a little while. I am cautiously optimistic that we will be getting back to normal in October. I think 2022, we will be okay. I agree. I think people are pushing too fast, though. I think, because yeah. so many people don't believe that it's real. And that's frustrating. Um, I personally have not lost anyone, but I have a lot of friends who have, and I see yeah. how devastated they are. And when I see people just going, take off your mask, it's not real, it's survivable. I'm like, oh, funny. I, I know people who did not survive it, so you suck. Yeah, it's weird because I'll have clients come in and they're like, I just lost my father. And another one will come in and be like, ah, it's not real, take your mask off. And I'm like, no, thank you, sir. I will double mask for you yeah <laughs> i would do that oh you don't think it's real cool let me put on another one because you uh -huh. really don't respect anything it's madness yeah <clears throat> uh for so in a virtual drag show what do you find that obviously it's going to be a little bit limiting um mm -hmm. but which aspect do you think gets most lost in translation um with and what do you think i mean opposite of that what do you think is better uh, represented to start with the first question um i've always lived by the motto that a show is 50 percent performer 50 percent audience and when we're digital we lose 50 percent of that you know yeah and we have to compensate for it i'm not saying like 50 percent of the show is lost we just have to you know reevaluate how we do things um I filmed a couple numbers. I'm actually going to be working on another one sometime. I don't know when. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> Time um, is relative. It's exactly. Irrelevant. Uh, for me personally, you know, I'm not 
I'm not a big dance number person. Uh, I can do them, but they're just, they're not what motivates me. I've been doing a lot of videos right where I'm sitting right now. I'm in my drag room. Honestly, I can see my wigs there. I can see all of my costumes that I forgot to put away. I'm, I'm a new freak. <laughs> I really am. Um, my shoes are a mess and I haven't touched them in a year. I don't know what's going on. This is the cry for help. Um, <laughs> but you know, um, the wall behind me, this is my green screen. It's all just green poster board because I'm on a budget. Um, so I've recorded numbers just right here. And I did one. It's up on my YouTube. Or no, I haven't put it on YouTube yet. But it's Good Girl by the Go-Go's, but the Broadway version of it from Head Over Heels. And I recorded it as three different women. Ooh. I love doing that. But yeah, it's... It's very different right now. Um, up on my YouTube, you can see my performance of Get Down from the musical Six. One of my favorite songs. It's the only song in the show I can sing because it's the only one in my range. I'm not singing it in the video because my recording software is not quite where I want it yet. But <laughs> what was the other half of the question? Uh, what do you what think happens when you let me talk? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um uh in a more um kind of opposite of that what do you think is better uh translated uh virtually if anything the cool thing about you know doing numbers is you can have a second take um when i recorded good girl i literally i did each character twice because the three characters interact with each other so Ooh. i was like i'm gonna do it once I'm gonna take a minute I'm going to record it again. And there are moments where I'm choreographed with the other two, but they're all filmed separately. And the funny thing is the main singer I recorded second because it was all done in one night and my makeup had to change each time. Oh, wow. It was kind of like doing a drag show. You know, I always do shows. I think I have to make my makeup evolve to match my outfit. So what am I going to start with the most neutral one and then make it bolder and bolder. But yeah, I, to talk about inside the drag closet, the best thing about that show, we have worked with, you know, I really gravitate to people I haven't met before, you know, and even people I have. I've had Mrs. Kasha Davis on the show from RuPaul's Drag Race. I love Kasha and we wouldn't get to hang out otherwise. And she agreed to do my yeah. show. We had an amazing time. Uh, I met Honey Davenport uh, from RuPaul's Drag Race who is in uh, LA. And she was like, yeah, let's have some fun. I've worked with two members of the Kinsey Six who came on to do my show right before their CD released. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, Tora Hyman from Florida, the winner <laughs> of Camp season two. Yes, <laughs> yes, Miss Tora Hyman. <laughs> yeah. that, that's an original name. I hadn't heard that one. Wow. Oh, she's if you've never seen Camp Wanakiki, imagine taking drag performers and putting them at a summer camp and making them do challenges. Okay, wow. It's on YouTube. Look it up. It's amazing. That's and amazing. I think I will. Season two. Season one, it was all queens. Season two, they added a king to the mix. His name is Boris to death. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, creative names now. Oh, my wow. God, yeah. Um, I've had a few from the show. You know, I was chatting with Miss Kitty Litter ATX. Uh, unfortunately, my show airs at a time she couldn't do because she's still working. We've had a lot of folks we've reached out to that just unfortunately could not do the show. 
but it's been so rewarding. Like I've really, you know, there's a couple queens down in New Mexico, um, Kiki Stratton and Jessica Stone DeLorean. They were on my episode of Celebrity Impersonators. Love those girls. I can't wait to meet them. I've never met either of them in person, but we just clicked and we're having the best time. I have an episode this month, Kings of TikTok. I don't know these guys. I found them on TikTok and I was like, you, you look like a lot of fun. Your TikToks are hilarious. Do you want to be interviewed on a show? And both were like, oh my God, yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> One of my goals, I want to reach out to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and do a sisterhood night. Um, if you don't know who the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are, they are an order of drag nuns. What? <laughs> How do you not know about them? You need to I've been out of the drag sphere for a while. I've been pushing it away. <laughs> yeah. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. The best thing about them is not all gay men. A lot of non-binary, a lot of women, a lot of straight men who are just staunch allies. And they wow. are so respectful. And, you know, just the sisterhood is amazing. That's pretty awesome. Yep. I mean, that's what I say about this is, uh, yeah, we start reaching out to people that I never would have talked to before because we're all stuck in our house. But now we can reach across the country and talk to people and freaking we talked to somebody in Seattle the other day and we're like, oh, we probably wouldn't ever meet that person. <laughs> well, it's it's so it's funny because, I mean, how long have we had the capabilities to do this? It's just when we were forced into the situation. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay. And it's been really, yeah, eye-opening, talking, meeting, um, <clears throat> seeing people face-to-face -face who you never, ever would have before. And it's really fascinating. I joke around with my producer all the time. You know, when I he was doing a show on his talk show uh, called Talk with Teddy, and he was just like, well, I'm looking for drag performers uh, to just come on and be guests on my show. And, you know, he was struck by how professionally I handled myself. And he was like, do you want your own show? And I was like, hell no. No, 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 no. I do not want to get sucked into a weekly thing. No. Then he whittled me down after a while. And I was like, oh, fine. We'll give it a whirl. We'll give it six months. Um, May 27th will be our one-year anniversary. So... <laughs> I guess it's working out. And that's the day after my birthday. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll definitely remember that. I'll be like, oh, happy one year. <laughs> that is insane, though. Yeah. And it started, well, I, I thought it started out as your Just Ask Jade on your YouTube. Mm -hmm. But you said it was, that was just your own personal thing. Yeah, I was, I reached a point during quarantine that I was like, I need to do something. And I started off doing, um, story times uh just reading silly books my favorite my favorite two actually no now that i'm looking at my books i'm like i don't have favorites because i love them all um <laughs> there's a book called p is for pterodactyl the worst alphabet book ever uh, <laughs> llama destroys the world which is cute and then i just recently found one called red a crayon story which is uh the story about a crayon the wrapper on it is red, but the crayon is blue. Oh, how cool. And the whole story is about red is trying to be red, but no matter what red does, red can't be red until red accepts that red is blue. 
and then it enjoys being blue. And it's wow. just a story about a crayon. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really like branched out right away when the quarantine. I think you were doing, you did a dr- digital drag show like early on, didn't you? Uh, I did one with Scarlet Overkill, Madam D, and TR. Yeah, that's the one. I, yeah, that's the one I was watching. <laughs> oh, those girls were mad at me that night. Like, and I don't blame them. I, I don't do late. I hate when things are late. And those girls were taking their time. And I was like, <laughs> "It's four o'clock. It's start time." Oh, you don't have makeup on? That sounds like a you problem. Let's go. People are waiting to watch. Like, I just I know we were all tuning in, and I'm like, "What is going on?" <laughs> I think it's disrespectful to like those girls, like I adore them. Like, don't get me wrong. And like, I was, I was a lot to deal with that day, but my mindset has always been, if the audience is there waiting, get the show started. And it was an amazing show. Um, it just, things started going wrong. And I, I'm a bitch when that I'm always the one who's just like, okay, things aren't ready. Well, how are we going to adapt? We're going to adapt this way? Okay, I'm doing two numbers in a row? Fine, whatever. I mean, I'll make it work. I'm not nice making it work, but I'll make it work. <laughs> uh, we were looking at doing a Divas Down Under digital show, but it just it's not really coming together the way we hoped it would because um, everyone's everyone's gotten busy, So, which is a good thing, but it's also... You know, we love our fans over at that show, but it's just, it's tough. Everyone's going yeah. to something different. And it's hard because, I don't know, I think at a show, they're more people are more apt to tip you. Yes. A, a digital show, um, I don't think, I'm curious as how many people are actually getting any tips. Like, full disclosure, when I started Inside the Dry Closet, there'd be a tip here and a tip there. And I always post our Venmo info. I haven't gotten a tip for that show in about five months. Yeah. But we also started selling merch. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. The show's paying for itself right now. Oh, well, that's good. Yep. Uh, Our t-shirt sales and whatnot, uh, we've paid for the show for at least the next six months. Oh, that's wonderful. So at least it's sustainable like, you know, drag usually tries to be. (laughs) Right. Oh, I can say I put more money into it than I ever get. Out of it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> How much has your drag like evolved over the years? Um, quite a bit. Um, when I started doing drag, I had a very distinct aesthetic in my mind. Um, I really wanted to be, I wanted to be a little cartoony. Um, the one thing that struck me most is when I started doing purple hair. And now Jade's natural hair color is purple. Like, doesn't matter what yeah. shade of purple. It's always just purple. It's just purple. <laughs> I gravitate to it, which is ironic because her name's Jade, but I like purple. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been Amethyst, but that was already taken. Um, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> although, uh, like, I'm looking at my wigs right now. I do have to say one of my favorite wigs is not purple. It's my blue wig. Uh, Ariana Autumn did it for me and it's just, it makes me so happy. It's just styled right. I feel beautiful in it. I want her to do another one. She did one that's close that I haven't broken out yet, but it's all rainbow colors. But yeah, um, I started uh, like every year or so I'm like, okay, I'm getting my face done in 30 minutes. What can I change? What can I switch around to kind of reinvent myself? Um, 
So I evolve a lot. Like right now I'm blending my makeups a little bit more. Um, I used to like very dramatic, very sharp lines. And now I'm like, okay, yeah. blend it a little bit. And the sad thing is in, in the world we're in right now, if I look more feminine, people tune in more. And I hate that. I hate it really? so much. But, you know, people, people want their drag to be pretty. And I'm like, I'll give you some pretty, but I also want to be cartoony. So yeah, it's just, oh it's, you know, and that's, that's why I'm doing this month of Kings. People still don't know Kings exist, which is frustrating and so alien to me. Like, well, I mean, even when I first met some, I didn't think I was like, oh, and even though me, I was already seeing drag queens. I never, it never occurred to me that, you know, there would also be a masculine version. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's, it's hard. I, it's hard to find them anywhere. Really? Mm -hmm. You're the first person to try and get people in, you know, in your shows. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, you know, with our divas show, we have tried having Kings time and time again, and the audience just, doesn't show them the love they deserve. Yeah, the um, audience doesn't like them as much, yeah. Which sucks. Like, Mikel Bono came out as the puppet from Saw. Yes! That was scary AF. And the audience was just like, okay, but that's a guy. It's not exciting. And I'm like, shut up! It's the yeah. puppet from Saw who's threatening you. Give him money so he goes away. Like, that was the whole gig that night, but it's just it, it really sucks and the trick there is we call it a straight venue uh because it's not a gay bar you know yeah and we're trying to luckily we've got kings out there like landon cider who did break through that wall of you know getting on dragula and then winning dragula oh my god yeah that was awesome putting kings on more of a national platform which they deserve kings deserve everything queens get simple as that why do you think it is that uh, drag queens are have been more prominent in the in our culture uh, in the eyes of, of of the media? I think it's a very societal thing, honestly, because there's for a man to feminize himself is more of a challenge, and I think it's because it's acceptable. It okay. I'm going to use some antiquated terms for a hot second. It's more acceptable for a woman to wear trousers than for a man to wear a dress, which is outdated and BS, but mm -hmm. that's still how most of this country thinks. Like a man wearing a dress is weak in some way. Like, yeah, it's, oh, I'm going to misquote this and I want to get it kind of right. But basically... You think a man dressing as a woman is degrading because you think being a woman is degrading. Yes, yes, I've seen that. Yeah. I don't know exactly where the quote is from. I think it is, I know it's in a Madonna song. I don't know if it's original <laughs> to that song, but yeah. I didn't know if it was original Madonna, but I, yeah, I've heard that. I don't know if she pulled the quote from somewhere else or if that's legitimately her words, but mm -hmm. it's right there. You know, it. there's that unfortunate, you know, for for a man to be more feminine is while in drag is lauded and rewarded it's something different when someone's looking more masculine 
And I don't understand that. However, there's also the dichotomy, just like with femme drag, with mask drag, you know, if if the king steps up and is blinged out and looks amazing and performs the house down, people will still react to that. But there is still the the um, stereotype of I'm going to wear some uh, boot cut jeans and a flannel shirt and <laughs> a baseball cap yeah. and do yeah. a hip hop number. No shade mm. to any of those boys. I love you. I adore you. If it's in your closet and you can wear it day to day, it's not drag. Yeah. Like, and, <laughs> you know. I, I, yeah, you had, I, I do remember you talking a little bit about that on your on the episode that Trent was on <clears throat> of Inside the Drag Closet. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you're playing a character. Um, yeah. I feel, you know, I, I, it just it just seems like the more sensational it is, the more entertaining it is. Well, and we talked a little bit about, you know, there is a drag stereotype of the drag performer who looks like a real woman. And that term is called fishy. And <laughs> we were like, well, what is the king equivalent of that? And we found the actual term apparently is beefy. Cause you yeah, but we didn't like that. We didn't like that one. So we've decided it's cocky. It's cocky. <laughs> He's looking cocky tonight. So yeah. Alan, you're looking real cocky. I'm tonight. feeling really cocky. <laughs> <laughs> and but there's no I was thinking about like there's nothing wrong with like uh going to the thrift store when you're like first starting out drag and you're trying to find it. Yeah. But it's really easy to blink it out too. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's so simple. Throw on those jeans, but you know, rhinestone parts of them or just like yeah. come up with something. I just got the mental image. If you got a pair of jeans and just it's something we all did when we were in high school and we were bored and fidgety. If you just used a black Sharpie and lined everything, but did lines on your whole outfit so that you look like a cartoon character. Like, oh wow, yeah, that'd be cute. I would love that'd to be cool. A king do that, very pop art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen stuff like that where it's not it's not bling, but it's like painted in a fun artistic way. And I was like, holy shit, that's really creative. Yeah. And then you know, then you're backstage and you see five kings in a freaking in a flannel t-shirt <laughs> and a sideways cap and a gold chain. Yeah. <sighs> and, it's and you're cute. like, okay, like, don't it's cute, but. Here's here's the tricky thing about that though. If that's your whole show, you're going to burn out your audience. You have to give them a diverse show. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why I always try to bring a different variety of numbers, which I've seen in a lot of drag shows. You're going to bring like a the queens have their like wonderful number where they can just a ballad or whatever and be slow and <laughs> whatever sultry and then they have their crazy split number dance off shit mm. <laughs> is that what you do too do you try to change it up or is there a time when, when i'm strategizing a show if it's three numbers my numbers will usually be get their attention with high energy number walk around and collect some money number another high <laughs> energy number because i hate myself and i'm exhausted but i want to get some <laughs> last minute money i should know better but that's how i always plan it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, your shows are always amazing. Oh, thank you. 
I mean, yes. uh, yeah, my, well, I can say her name. She's going to be on the show. Danielle, <laughs> at a later point, Danielle, um, loves you. And that was her, I think that was her first drag show as well, actually. Um, wow. the, the, one of the first ones that we went to, I don't know if it was the first or not, but one of the first ones we went to, um, she saw you, you were like the first drag queen that performed and she was like she's my favorite like, <laughs> and, and i was like wait you gotta see the other one first <laughs> no you don't no you don't fine, fine. got good instincts <laughs> but every, yeah every number you do is just uh it blows me out of the water every single one so yeah you're amazing at what you do I think there's a level of, especially for me, I don't take, while I take what I do seriously, I don't take myself seriously. I like to have fun and I like to, I like to laugh at myself a lot. You know, one thing I always tell newer performers, you want to be successful, stand in front of that mirror and make faces at yourself and try to make yourself laugh. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's, you know, the moment you can laugh at yourself, you can do anything. And maybe it's, you know, I know drag performers, kings and queens, who take themselves so seriously. And I'm like, calm down. We get it. You're pretty. What else can you do? That's why the I love the girls queens, I work yeah. with. Because they are all beautiful, beautiful performers. But they know to not take themselves so seriously. How many times have you auditioned for Drag Race? Ugh. <sighs> I think I've auditioned seven times. Holy no. shit. Yeah, seven. Yeah, I see. I knew it was something high like that. Yep. I did take a year off. I reached a point where the whole universe was basically like not working out. It was stressful. I was like, you know what? Not this year. I'm just going to sit it out. This is not the time. And my after that, everything was so much better. Um but yeah, I just, yeah. I, I needed to listen to what the universe was telling me and just say, stop, reinvest. You're burning yourself out. Mm-hmm. Think about what you're doing. So I feel, I feel like that that's what everyone asks, like every drag queen I know. Have you auditioned? I'm like, well, there's other shit, but I know for a fact that you actually had. So <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it is an amazing platform. The show has elevated drag. Um, it has its problematic moments, but mm-hmm. who doesn't? Um, yeah, but even still, like it is, it's kind of the the culmination of what drag is right now, which bothers me because it's a boys' game still. Like yeah. a fashion system, drag race is for the boys, and I'm ready for that to change. All star seasons are great because you know there are a lot of contestants who have transitioned after the show, and they're amazing. But to get on in the initial season right now, you have to be a guy. Yeah. Although this year they have, they do have a, a trans man. Yes, yeah, Scott Nick, who is amazing. Oh, have you been watching? See, I needed to catch it. I'm watching through recaps. <laughs> That's what I need to do, I guess. Um, I don't have it either. <laughs> Scott Nick is just iconic. Like, her drag is so stunning and striking and fashionable but funny and doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, ugh. Um, yeah. I've seen the pictures and I'm like, wow, I should just, okay. 
I got to do the recap. Right oh, like oh, Trent's been watching the pictures. Trent wants to be a drag queen now. <laughs> I can't do heels. We've established I cannot walk in heels. That has never stopped a drag queen. I mean... Hasn't it? I was shit. Have you seen some of the flats and crocs these bitches are coming out in? I guess I don't pay attention. Crocs? Wow. I no, I don't think I've seen a oh, queen do a jackknife complex from down in DC. They wear they have platform crocs. <laughs> what? Oh my god. I, I don't remember seeing I must they must have not had them at the Oh no, the they do them everywhere. Like they are <laughs> that fashion accessory. I'm like, oh my god, jackknife, what are you doing? This is how you break your ankle, honestly. <laughs> platform crops (laughs) if you weren't doing drag if if you could if if you couldn't do drag ever again what Mm -hmm. you do i'd still be an actor i think the performing arts is where i'm meant to be if i couldn't be a performer i'm pretty sure i would be a teacher i love to educate um i used to teach theater classes i loved it Personally, I don't want kids, but I love to impart my knowledge to others. And it's so rewarding because rather than like raising my own kids, I can give them my knowledge and then send them home to somebody else so they can be someone else's problem. Yeah. I think that's what you're doing on Inside the Drag Closet, though. It's kind of like yep, teaching a little bit of drag culture to... <laughs> the, the straight folk <laughs> oh my god the the episodes when we have um affirmations with anastasia anastasia diamond knows her gay history knows the culture and she has talked about things on the show that i didn't even know about um like the faggot balls that used to happen um which was a very underground thing it's you know almost where ballroom culture came from it would basically really? it was part of the big pansy craze where being a femme guy was actually fun and cute and not in public though. But we want oh, to hear right. about it. Like <laughs> Yeah, it used to be a big thing. Um and they were called the faggot ball. Of all That's weird. the things to call it. <laughs> like that's why I was like, uh, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> That's what I thought when she started talking about it. Because when she has her segment, I'm on, but I'm not on screen. She said that, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> clutching your pearls. Why are we using that word? And then she explained it. And I'm like, okay, in that context, there you go. Um, so yeah, it was very such a cool segment um, that I knew nothing about. So yeah. Well, you also had uh, just just ask Jade, mm-hmm. uh, which I learned a lot as well from from that format. Too. That show was fun. I what I loved most about Just Ask Jade is it's still set up on my website. I haven't gotten anybody to send anything in in like six months. Thanks, inside the drag closet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but people could. I wanted that to be there because people could send in questions from my website. And I wouldn't know who sent it. So if someone wanted to ask something completely anonymously, they could. The best part about it was I only got one question that was vulgar. And. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just one? And yeah, which I know I'm not doing my job if I'm not, you know, (laughs) virtually every episode. Um, 
<laughs> Same thing with inside the dry closet. I've only had one question asked that crossed the line. And it was, I think it was someone just trolling us, which is fine. And it was basically someone saying, hey, I'm looking for a trans woman to make me feel like a sissy boy. Are you the ones? And I'm like, mm. no, no, we're definitely, not. Also, definitely not troll. Are trans women. First of all, uh, we are drag queens. A trans woman can be a drag queen, but not all drag queens are trans women. So, yes, educate yourself before coming on my show. Um, I ended up just blocking them. So we did, we did humor the question at one point. We were like, we're going to talk about this because let's talk about what this person did wrong. Um, cause that's something all drag performers go through. You know, I have my own Facebook page. I frequently will get like, hi, oh, you're so beautiful. Thanks. It also says right on my profile that I'm happily married. Yeah. You just you say married. that. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> every, I feel like every few months you're like putting that out there again like um i can only it says i'm married yeah i can only post that meme so many times um <laughs> and usually it's a oh oh that's okay you just need a man to treat you right i'm like yeah still married and then it's usually just a dick pic i'm like okay good for you i give you a four out of ten you know i was strangely waiting for a dick pic when i made my <laughs> <laughs> Trackson page and I was going all sexy. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I'll get my first dick pic. No, I still haven't. I'm very kind of sad about it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I haven't made it. If I haven't you it. haven't really, are you really a performer if people aren't sending their genitals to you? <laughs> Seriously. But I mean, they're constantly asking about my genitals. So I guess, you know, that works. I mean, it, 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 there's a give and take there. <laughs> nobody asked me about my damn genitals i don't even know where they are anymore <laughs> i gave them up for lent i'm not even catholic that's kind of what i love about you as a person uh you are very like you said very like educational and like you you will even like the 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 most invasive questions, I should say, uh, you take them all with grace, and you're like, okay, let's you know this person. I'm gonna answer your question. Uh, I mean, you're still a shithead, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna answer your question. Well, I've heard that so many times in my life. So, <laughs> well, I think it. You know, there's there's a if someone is willing to want to educate themselves and if they have the nerve to ask the question, I'm going to answer it or I'm going to tell them, hey, this is not how we do that, but let me explain to you. Because I think we had something come up. Um, there was a trans question on your episode of Inside the Dry Closet. And I was just kind of like, we were talking about Packers. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, well, that's not how we ask that question. Um, however, Trent is, you know, perfectly willing to talk about his dick all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was willing to pull one out, which I should have had one that wasn't so atomically correct. Right. And then I could have, but I didn't think about that. I didn't think someone would ask that, but yeah. <laughs> which is, I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't think that because people always ask you that. They ask a king, 
hey, what do you tuck or what do you pack with? And they ask a queen, how do you tuck? Exactly. And I'm just like, why don't you go try yourself? <laughs> Tights and prayer. Get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of tucking, I just remember there's a one, I think it was on a dragway scene where they were doing, I guess, some guys, they always have to dress some straight guy in drag. I love that. I love and that it was, so much. oh, it was Trinity to tuck. It was whoever was with her. And she was like, nah, bitch, you better tuck that. And the guy was like, ah! yep. and she actually went back there to like help him, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> and that was the first time I was like, whoa, she's, she's, serious. <laughs> this dude was like, oh, I don't know if he uh, understood he was going to get <laughs> the that assistance. I did years ago with Scott Church. We talked about that because. Um, Scott Church, who is an amazing photographer, did a documentary series called Drag, and it was just drag queens in everyday situations, and it just kind of took off, and he always knew the end of the series would be himself in drag. And as we went through it, he was like, Jade, I want you to do my makeup for this. Uh, so the box art for the documentary, which sadly is not available anymore, but we're working on a where are they now kind of documentary. Uh, is literally him smoking a cigarette with one of my gigantic rings on full makeup no shirt and he's all muscle and just smoking in like a big blonde wig and then we were going to a party afterward where we were gonna debut a whole lot of the photos from the series and he's like yeah. i gotta be in full drag for this i have to be i have to come in and drag and He's like, can you help me get ready? I was like, yeah, sure. So we go back to one of the the boudoir sets that he does a lot of his um, photos at. And he just gets buck-ass naked and starts putting on the dress. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> nine out of ten. Um, <laughs> and I was not prepared for it. I was just like, oh, that, that, that's your dick hanging out. And he's like, also... <laughs> I'm going to put on these tights. I'm not tucking shit. And I'm like, that's not, yeah. if you, if you want to look like you got a meaty tuck, that's fine by me. Go right ahead. You do the drag you want to do. Um, and it was so much fun because we all got announced at this party. We all walk in looking glamorous as hell. And then I announce him at the very end and he just comes in and the audience erupted. <laughs> and it was so much fun. <laughs> It's so sad that you can't find it anymore. Yeah, basically, um, we used a lot of beautiful music in it, and we found royalty-free music that someone copywrote after the documentary was out. So we had to pull it from... Oh, damn. I think that's how that went down. But yeah, I was just like, damn it. So we're going to go back and look at some of the footage we used to have and try to find a couple of the performers. A lot of the performers in it don't perform anymore, um, oh. which is sad. You know, um, uh, the Queen Rosalie Matthews, who we did a photo set with, but we didn't have the videographer there that day. Um, she has found her authentic self and has transitioned. So she doesn't do drag anymore. Like I mentioned before, Tyra B. Fierce unfortunately passed away a number of years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Out of the queens in that documentary, I, not many are still performing. Wow. And kings, because we had Mesro Prince on that, because I was doing a photo wow. with Scott, and I mentioned, have you thought about reaching out to kings? And he was like, what's that? I'm like, here we go. 
here we, here we go again. again. <laughs> and it, why do people say what's that? I'm like, it's pretty obvious what yeah. it is. <laughs> you know what a fucking queen is. <laughs> you know what a fucking king is. It's masculine it's presenting drag rather than feminine <laughs> presenting drag. Like, Yeah, that's how I've been saying it. I'm like, mask drag, femme drag. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's just drag. Exactly. Uh, thank you. For coming on and just bullshitting with us. Yeah, that's what I do about it. <laughs> it's always, uh, it's always such a pleasure to to listen to you speak, um, and just talking to you is always just a joy. So thank you so much for for doing this. Really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you both for having me. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> do you want to throw your all your pluggables at the end here? I'm gonna sure. Well, you can always tune into Inside the Drag Closet on WLFE-DB Radio. Make sure you tune in live every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook or on YouTube. You can also uh, submit questions to Inside the Drag Closet on www.jdevere.com. You can also find all of our merchandise on there from hoodies to t-shirts to fanny packs and masks because... Why the hell not? (laughs) But yeah, that's all the wonderful places you can find me. Hopefully we get back to performing in person soon. Sunday. And you can still submit questions for Just Ask Jade. Exactly. Uh, I do have my own segment on the show called Just Ask Jade. So if you submit questions there, they're now utilized on Inside the Drag Closet. All right. Thank you again so much. This is awesome. You bet. And that's been Queer in the Narrative. Remember, pronouns fucking matter. And don't be a garbage person. (laughs) Unless you have to take someone's garbage out, then by all means, if that's your job and your occupation, you are allowed to be a garbage person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. How about a... How about... uh, Don't be be an asshole. (laughs) I'll show myself out. (laughs) Bye, y'all.